0: Hello and welcome to another instalment of the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast, where we connect industry leaders to discuss experiences, challenges and successes in the gaming industry. I'm Heather, your host for today, and I'm joined by Chris, Joseph and Zahar to discuss the expectations from QA and are they reasonable. Before we jump into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions of who you are and what you do. Zahar, do you
1: want to kick us off? Hello. Yeah, cool. Uh, so yeah, I uh, I'm Sahir, Sahir Fatima. I originally from Pakistan. I recently moved to Berlin a year ago and uh, have been into gaming industry since 2013, I would say. Uh, and I have graduated in computer sciences uh, from Lahore. And I started off as a QA manual QA engineer for a mobile uh, game. And uh, I've been in uh, like I went on to changing different gaming studios, changing different types of games. Worked on from casual to hyper casual to mid-core strategy games and to also multiplayer online VR AI games as well. And uh, after that, I'm also is, that's some of, uh, outside of the gaming area as well. Uh, work in a corporate uh, software industry, uh, software house. Sorry, uh, for a real estate company as a project management. So and in at Konipri, I am actually working as a QA manager for all of their live So. This is about me Lovely, thank
0: you. Um, Jojo, if you want to introduce yourself,
2: sure. So uh, I'm Joseph. Uh, I'm the Q- or Jojo, as I prefer to be called. Uh, and I am the QA lead over on uh, P- uh, PDS Studio Green, which is a sub studio of uh, Paradox Interactive. Uh, my background is actually in IT, uh, where I was working as an IT tech for five years. Uh, and I've now spent another, just coming halfway through my fifth year in the games industry, all of that has been at uh, Paradox Interactive. And uh, all of that has been as QA. Uh, started off as a, a junior tester, moved to a, mm-hmm. now a leadership role where I'm uh, running the the team on one of our, our strategy titles.
0: Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Um, and then Christopher, finally.
3: Hello, I'm Chris or Christopher. Uh, the QC manager at Massive Entertainment, Ubisoft Studio. Uh, I have been at Massive for two years now as the QC manager, and my background is in project management, in IT, software development, and many other things. Lovely. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Knowledge Managing Director here at
2: Evolution. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast.
0: So now that we've managed to get an introduction to all of you, um, you've all brought a question or subtopic that you'd like to discuss relevant to the expectations from QA. Um, so as usual, I'll work around the room asking each of you to pose a question and the reasons behind it, and then each of you can have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. So let's start with Sahar. Um, what's your question or subtopic, and what's the meaning behind it? Okay, yeah,
1: uh, maybe I can start with uh, uh, <laughs> usually. Like, it's it's not very common in gaming that dev uh, def testing is not a very common thing uh, that you can expect uh, from or in the in the team. So I, I would like to maybe touch this area and discuss like don't QA expect uh dev testing if yes what uh uh like how much amount of f testing should be for we expect uh else we receive the base from the devs. Yeah fantastic does anyone wanna jump in there with their
2: opinion? Um you are fantastic
3: Okay. <laughs> uh so yeah I, I, I think it's very interesting because I, I work at a very large studio and I don't think I could envision a a day at work without Dev testers, because um, we have sort of, we don't, we differentiate between our testers because we have the functionality testers that test the basic functionality of the features being implemented. And we have the, what we call the build testers that mainly, you know, check the morning build of the, of our title, uh, maybe the afternoon build as well. And then we have the dev testers that are embedded into uh, spe- specific teams. Uh, like one is in uh, audio team, one is in the tech art team, and so on. And they are, I would argue, the ones that have the, you know, the holistic view of the team's uh, progress and how they are doing, and checking against the design, and checking if. If uh, if a developer's uh, made a new uh, submit, maybe they tap the dev test on the shoulder and ask them, "Hey, can you can you check if this is uh, working as expected?" and so on. So I understand that this may be very unique for us to have this very strict organization. But if if the dev test is suddenly disappear tomorrow, I I I don't know. I don't want to think about what. What happen next in the project, really.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, and I also think, like, I mean, uh, this is something kind of very unique that I'm feeling. Like, I haven't even heard of this setup in, and, like, or haven't experienced this setup in any of my previous organizations or any of our previous uh, gaming studios. But usually, I mean, uh, if we get outside of gaming, there is a lot of Swift left testing, a lot of TDD uh, but in gaming, I think we cannot really like expect this. Uh, but rather, it is expected. Like, I mean, I can like from this question, there is another thing that that pops up in my mind is like uh, QA is maybe also considered as a service unit, more of a service unit to actually verify. Okay, if the build is like working or not working. If, even if the positive cases, just the positive cases, which actually should be the uh, shouldn't be the case. Actually, I I, I I think like uh, it should uh, actually be tested or at least be verified. Uh, from the developers developers uh, in their dev testing per se before providing the bits to the Qs. but I think it's not getting really, uh, common uh, in gaming.
3: Yeah, absolutely and and one of the things that actually stood out to me joining the games industry uh, in a very very large project is that as you say, they rely on someone else almost to check their stuff. Simply due to the vast amount of submits being, you know, commit, submitted into the branch, I was shocked to hear. Wait, you, you're not using your own branch that you then integrate into main and so on, uh, because you know they they rely so much on the QA or QC departments to basically check it for them, um, which was very strange and unique for for me joining from a completely different industry yeah, yeah exactly if, if,
2: just if I, if I can if i could jump in yeah this this is something that um we've actually uh we've got a pretty i uh, had how, how best to explain this so for the the projects that i'm working on now we have a lot of parallel development tracks and uh consistent delivery dates um that essentially like the project there, is almost a, a live service model i would argue where uh the audience is expecting things to be delivered pretty often and we're, we're also a pretty small team where the qa is very highly integrated so when it comes to what dev test means for me is that the qa assigned to your little your sub team cannot do this but it also means that you if you are gonna deliver something for us to test, uh, because we're on such a tight deadline, or not tight, but you know, if we want to make the most of the time we have and be efficient, it need you know, you need to make sure it works and what QA brings to the table specifically is the is supposed to bring, rather, is the the expertise to like see, okay, what areas might you not have considered while implementing this feature, right? Um especially if you're working on a game that's been out for a while, it's got several like gameplay layers to it, you definitely need to let QA do the thing that they do, which is like cover all the bases outside of the basics. Otherwise, you're just going to get stuck in the loop of like, okay, this this is not ready to merge it. I'm sorry, the thing you said you were doing doesn't work. So... Um, I think it definitely. It, at least, it sounds like uh, the industry is moving towards a more of a model where the timeline is shifted more to the left. Is is the 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 euphemism I've heard quite a bit, where the the developer can't be as loosey goosey with just pushing and saying, "Okay, QA will check it," because that vice uh, particular setup, if something gets merged in and it causes a problem, that 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 won't impact necessarily the internal testers we have, but we also have a stable of people who are they're external. They're, they do not have the same access to pull their own branches and test things around it so to in yeah to to a degree then i don't think it is unreasonable to to expect devs to at least make sure the thing works and uh, to to repeat myself i guess make sure that qa is doing the thing that they do best right there the value add they bring is that they are going to consider the things you did not and then take a hammer to it for an hour instead of like okay on to the next
1: thing yeah exactly like just to add here uh, i think uh the least i think this is the least that we can expect from the uh, like from the development teams and and this is the uh least from the key expectations of the QA should, uh, should be as in uh, like if you're receiving a build at least that should be verified that the build has uh has been verified against the positive cases at least the positive ones or the very obvious ones at
3: least <laughs> does the game start is basically the first one
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> sometimes also like uh it, it also comes as a surprise for QAs to like uh they're working on on, on a task and they've been told okay like there's another task that is ready for you to test let's suppose the qa got free from the first task in two hours and then it's it uh, comes out as a surprise that, okay the build that was ready two hours ago <laughs> and it's it's now now qa uh saying okay the build was failing. nobody like actually went through that but yeah that's sort of something expecting our qa to go through the pipeline of business, which i think shouldn't be the case always yeah no there's some really interesting insights
0: there and you know sort of having the um, relationship between the dev testers and QA is is it's really important as well. Um so Chris, do you want to um introduce your question on subtopic and sort of the meaning behind that one as well?
3: Yeah, um actually just thought of one, but I, I'll go with one of the ones I had originally. Um, uh, and that is I, I think all of us have experience, to some degree at least uh, either you know working with uh, codeb studios or externals uh, like uh, QA departments or similarly so what within QA or QC what do you see you know reasonable to ask someone not working in-house with you to maybe aid you with If my question makes sense, what can you, is it like the, um, but I also understand that this may be a bit depending on these, of course, the size of the project. Um, But for, for example, say compliance testing, is that something that you feel you need to control within your team yourself? Or is that something you would be, you know, comfortable with? with a co-dev or another studio doing for you? If uh, I may,
2: that's, that's a very interesting one. Um, so it, obviously this comes with a caveat that uh, uh, at least in the, the operations I've been doing, we haven't been doing the traditional ramp up, ramp down of uh, Outsource QA's resources model. Um, but it's when it comes to employing external QA, it it is it is very much a force multiplier sort of deal but it also but but that specifically means that they are capable of giving you man hours which can matter a lot in cases of more like i, I don't know the the industry term this but uh, i it's l- disappeared from the top of my head but like the the line-by-line checking of making sure verifying that everything is done as the test plan that you've been writing for the past year uh, lays out, stuff like that. That, That's a reasonable expectation. But I I think when it comes to things like um, compliance testing, that really depends on the partner you're working with and the level of trust you have with them. I could probably see that doing if you've got uh, some people on Retainer who've been working on the project for a long time. You know they've got the experience to handle it and all of that things. But at the same time, that is also the sort of uh, the sort of task that can really like if it goes wrong due to, you know, it, it, uh, not, not due to incompetence, but it's just lack of experience. It can really like mess up the timelines for everyone. Or You know, you, you get out of the fast track for verification, stuff like that. So obviously, you know, uh, you, you need to analyze the risk for yourself. But I, when it comes, it, it, you need to be specific and if it is anything that you feel like poses a significant risk to your ability just to get the thing out and preserve relationships with all the other vendors you're working with and stuff like that, it's it's better to do it develop those skills internally, if only so that you can tell them what the, they need they need to do in the right way.
1: Yeah, I think I would pretty much like agree with you here. Like uh, specifically, if we talk about compliance testing, uh, I would say like it's it, it's better off if we do it internally rather than from the outsourcing company because. That sometimes that that is more of the legal uh, things as well, more of the GDPR kind of stuff as well. That is that that is like critical as yeah, like critical and more business. Like I would say more business critical. So things which are like business critical and which which directly relates to our clients, uh, I think we should uh, not take risk on them. Uh, yeah, and we should rather like get them verified in house, uh, unless if we have the outsource if we have enough onboarding enough training uh, that we can provide to the outsourcing teams, then maybe yes we can do that content but uh, like if uh, I would say so that better
3: helps.
0: did you have any anything to add there Chris?
3: No I, I fully agree uh, with both <laughs> of you I mean and it's also because uh, we Ubisoft specifically we have so many co studios and everyone is you know a lot of you, I, I'm sure you've seen all our credits that go on for hours. It seems uh, there's a lot of people involved. We use everyone because everyone wants to be a part of it, and uh, often we put different different types of testing on different types of studios that can sort of provide their expertise uh, where it's needed. Um, sort of most of the compliance specialist. Uh, uh, are actually located at a co-dev studio, but they are being integrated into the project for, you know, years now. So they know inside and out of it, uh, even though they are not sitting in-house with us. Uh, they are the ones, they know all the loopholes from the, uh, you know, is, is exactly what the uh, major first parties are looking for when it comes to compliance. Making sure that we abide to that uh, stuff that I believe we would never find without them, but they are the experts on the area. So, and more importantly, they have been integrated into the project for quite a while. So, I would not say like, "Hey, come here, can you do some compliance testing on our game, please?" Because, yeah, that will not work. But as uh, Jojo you know mention if you're just looking for raw man hours you need people just banging against everything for a week then yes maybe you can find a an outside partner to handle that for you uh, that sounds like the reasonable thing really
0: yeah it's it is interesting how different companies work and what you know how much you use outsourcing or um, code dev studios as well. Dojo, um, do you want to introduce your um, question or subtopic? Yeah, sure.
2: Um, so this is this is kind of me uh, the, the point in the movie where they say the title um, and then we points put last. Uh yeah. But what? So especially something where, like in my in my, in, in my career, I've I've been utterly fascinated by. The things we actually find during development find fix and deal with versus what the actual response is from um the people who end up you know playing the game and what they tend to expect for us to um have found and dealt with versus what we actually do there's usually there can be some disconnect there but what i'm what what i would like to maybe ask is like how are you how do you make sure that you are meeting player x ex- not just player expectations but project expectations in finding the right things we will never find all of the issues but how do you make sure that you, you, you uh you are distributing your qa resources in a way that ensures that uh like the 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 quality that is like being expected by both the players as well as the the project itself right because they're not always in alignment you could you know we can ship something that is fine it, it has all the tech debt sorted but because we didn't pay attention and address a few core player issues that affects the the response and you know all the other things that come with that so how how do you balance the expectations of the project as like you know a, a thing we do as a, a company versus keeping an eye on what the players want if that's a if that's a satisfactory question i
3: i I think it's a great question and uh, immediately i thought of the there's a great meme uh something along the lines of i don't always test my code but when i do i do it in production uh which also similarly works here because there's so many things there you know that you It's impossible to find everything, and you will never know what it is until you put the game in the hands of people that will actually play the game. Um, I would say a lot of it is actually caught up by uh, directors in many cases, because they are playing the game, uh, often trying to be a normal player um, and sense it as this is. Am I enjoying this? Okay, something just happened. Am I? How am I reacting to this? Um, but there is also the case of uh, the long, long list of known shippables. Everyone is aware of an issue. Everyone knows it's going to make it out until you know when we're pressing the discs and it probably will not be covered by a day one patch either it's just there and we know about it um hopefully that list is not very long um and hopefully it's down in a corner of the map where not a lot of players will travel to uh until we maybe have managed to fix it but it is a very interesting thing and what what we can do we can raise these issues we have a lot of internal play tests. We have a lot of external play tests, um, gathering feedback from things that, and, and, interestingly, not a lot of them are not always bugs either. It's often feedback, you know, it could be by design. It's not actually a, a, what we call a bug, but a player doesn't know that, you know, they can run into something and it's like, wait, this is strange. Or this is annoying. Why did they release it like this? Come on, QC, do your job. But well, it's working according to design, perhaps. Um, so I think internal and external play tests helps a lot uh, to maybe differentiate what is feedback, what is actual bugs. Um, also maybe have your game in early access for a couple of years to actually get the game out to players. Uh, so that you can have the grand release where the most annoying issues are dealt with, and hopefully only the funny issues are remaining that are low prior but can be resolved eventually. <laughs> yeah, but
1: pretty much uh, everything that should <laughs> said. But yeah, uh, I would say, like, uh, I think uh, in Playtest uh, is the key here, uh, having uh, both internal and external playtest. And uh, second would be uh, the A/B tests, also that also play a very key role in what uh, we are evaluating of uh, if we are doing a right feature or, or not. Uh, so any early, early, early test, early uh, early game things, uh, first level user experiences that can be verified uh, from A/B tests. I think, and then uh, I think we should have a very close sync between community and uh, way anyway, I would say, uh, okay, we can have more and more uh, uh, weekly or bi-weekly. I, I I would say syncs from the community side, uh, expressing us the feedback, the community feedback to us, and uh, of course, telling us in detail. Okay, what are the key issues like? Uh, like this week, uh, what are the key issues? up in the next week and if it release a new feature we could uh also hear uh them as well, okay what was the feedback a generic feedback overall as players from the player and then uh well of course having uh, having it as a process within the within the uh, within the company like just not as a presentation but actually acting on it as like scoping it in the sprints like having an actual tickets out of those uh i mean community things not just Hearing them for this, for the sake of it, but having them scoped in instruments, and then I, I, that that would actually validate that okay, we are actually listening to the players, and so that we regulate back to the community that okay, yeah, these were the key things that we we heard from you. Uh, maybe we are working on it in the next print, and then we, we we keep the communication uh, cycle ongoing that okay, this is the this will be worked on the next sprint. and then once it's worked on, we. Inform inform the that okay, that this is now doing, fixed or not fixed or in the next module, and so the cycle goes on. And uh, I think these are some of the key things
2: that should be in the part.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Jojo, did you have anything to add there on your question?
2: I mean, uh, it's good to it's always good to check your own work, and it sounds like I'm um, at least doing uh, some <laughs> some things some, some fellow professionals in the field would also do when it comes to dealing with things. Especially as I you mentioned uh, syncing up with the community team, that is something that I think, especially once the game is out the door, but also even before release, is something that can be pretty important. Not just for listening uh, to feedback and gathering information about what things you should be paying attention to, you know, what are going to be the sort of things that help keep people happy, but also in allowing community to manage expectations. Uh, like maybe there's something that on paper sounds like a really cool feature that is something they're building like a communication strategy around but maybe the development isn't going so smoothly it's not maybe turning out to be as good as you maybe hope and maybe you can avoid uh getting egg on your face by uh having the communication strategy like hype something up too much whereas that kind of maybe falls not flat necessarily but it didn't get as much dev time as as it potentially needed to be fully realized but another feature can be talked about instead and that helps that helps balance things out like preemptively almost. Um, So yeah, no, uh, all good for end.
0: Oh, cool. And there was one question that I did want to ask you guys that I think I have actually stolen from Jojo from when we had a conversation. Um, What is reasonable for QA to say when it comes to the difference between opinions and making the game better? Because obviously you're there to ensure the game is appropriate for the players but is there an aspect where opinions can get in the way or you know you think the game should be one way and it it actually isn't that way does anyone want to start off there
2: uh i've, I've got pre-cooked uh, opinions on this so i can <laughs> get quickly first but yeah no um it is is a very it's a very difficult tightrope to walk um at the end of the day though we It's a balance between uh, understanding your own expertise or the project you're working on. For example, like I've been working on the same project or been working on the same game for about five years now. So I'm probably able to articulate and communicate opinions in a way that is beneficial. But there is, especially once, if you're a, a QA that is very embedded in a project, you're there to help improve things from the offset. You also need to understand that your job is to inform. But if if the game director, for example, decides that this is this is a direction you they want to push, and maybe you don't agree that it's the right design decision necessarily, once you've made that evidence known, you've done your due diligence, you said here's the reasons why, and they still want to push that way, then it is your job now to like kind of kind of put your personal opinions aside. You will if it fails, you will get to say I told you so. That's enough. Now you're, you're to focus in on making that feature the best version of the person responsible for idea. Um, that can be pretty tough, but it, I think it is a skill that you can learn to like see what the you know it's not the bad thing you're thinking of. It's the cool thing they're thinking of. So being able to take up their mental care forward, and uh, also just things like um, QA, like as lo- like you might not like a piece of art, you know, artwork going into the game or a piece of music but as long as it's not actively detracting from the gameplay experience you know if it's not pitching up and making people deaf, that's probably something that you can raise once if it doesn't get sort of championed up and you don't feel like it's uh something to stake your entire reputation on uh you can you can kind of let that go and let the other disciplines do what they need to do um you're one part of the machine do your due diligence but
3: don't take it too personally if goes the other way
0: yeah definitely does anyone else want to jump in there
3: okay uh yeah i mean i I do think it's important to foster a a culture of feedback and you know constructive feedback within the company as well you know even if uh, everyone had their roles in the projects in the end i would argue that i think everyone in a especially in a project that is creating a video game probably have a maybe not a passion for video games, but at least a a large interest for it, probably plays on the spare time, have probably played for a couple of years, at least foster the open communication channel to the directors, to the designers and so on. Maybe ask, uh, you know, motivate people to ask questions, uh, regardless what their position is within the project, is to hey, so this feature, you know, can you talk a bit about it? Make me understand how it will fit into the game or how will it fit with these other things? Um, And if everything goes great, there will be a great discussion and either party leaves the discussion maybe a bit wiser. Maybe it's the designer who goes, yeah, now that I actually twisted and turned it a bit, it actually maybe would make more sense if I did it like that instead, or whatever it may be. Or the person coming with the question comes out of it wiser, but also, you know, what did we learn from this? Okay, maybe we need to um, explain this to the player uh, in a better fashion, because if we, who are creating the game, is maybe not understanding or is questioning something, then that will most likely be the case for the person who is then sitting down to play the finished product. So, absolutely, I, I think constructive feedback, open communication uh, and, and, uh, and motivate people to, to have that view on it within the company, within the project. Uh, is should be welcome and uh, you know encouraged. That was the word I was looking for. Encouraged.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just have... yeah, yeah. That's my concern here. Like, uh, I would uh, totally agree that uh, you, while you're giving your feedback or suggestion, not bug, but a feedback or suggestion or something, you should definitely not take that very personally if that was not catered for. Because of course, definitely we uh, we are uh, expert of one thing, but if we are giving it to someone, they're expert of the other thing, and they will definitely make sure of they are doing the right thing. And eventually, they would uh, validate that through the A-B test, or through the testing, and through the flow. Uh, that thing will be validated. But uh, we shouldn't uh, like take it personally if it is not catered for it. Also, I think it's, uh, the second uh, important thing over here is like how to wipe that feedback. Sometimes uh, the communication can also be like like it is it was supposed to be uh, just a feedback but it comes out or sounds as not as feedback but maybe as uh, uh, how should I like 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 as, as maybe as a, as a as a bug or as as a commanding thing. So I think that is also very really a key important thing that while you are given that feedback you don't uh, like maybe. Give it in a way that okay, whoever has designed that thing, they don't, they also don't uh, take it, uh, they uh, take it personally, right? Or they take it only constructively, like maybe giving it more in a positive way or positive manner and also like telling it in a way that okay, it sounds like or seems like a suggestion or as a feedback only, but not as something that okay, we disapprove this, you were disapproved this or something like that. Because like we're not expert like of course we are experts of finding the right things of uh of, of uh, breaking breaking the things but of course not experts about uh if this looks the best or not the best.
0: Fantastic. Does anyone is there anyone else got any more um points on that on that question? No, nope. all done? Okay. Um well I think that's a really nice place to sort of round off the podcast this evening. So I do want to thank our guests once again um, for joining us. They've been Sahar, Jojo and Chris. Um, If you would like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email. And I'll see you all next time.